presence of the Lord is very evident here today. And I echo back, concur, agree, but the Father has already said whatever you have need of, God can be here today. It's that simple. God wants to do that for somebody in this place. God bless you. Thank you, visitors, for being here. Sunday school, make your way to your classes. I won't be very long-winded today. Sunday school teachers, be prepared. I won't be very long. I, I do want to say again, thank you to all the kind gifts and gestures of love and appreciation. say a whole lot about it, but even the vegetables, and man, I get cucumbers, and watermelon, cantaloupes, and beans, and corn, my Lord, I ain't got freezer to hold it, and meat, and sausage, I mean, it's just endless, the kindness of God's people, and I thank the Lord for that, and I pray that the Lord would richly bless you to kill another deer, kill another cow, grow another garden, and let them tomatoes work. There's a shortage on tomatoes, man. I don't know what's going on, but we need to pray that fungus out of this place. People can start growing some tomatoes. My father-in-law struggling on his, and I heard a couple Thank the Lord for us people. If you got your Bible, I'll read two passages of Scripture. Brother Ron, Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 35. Keep that one close. I'm, that's, that's the one I'm going to preach from. So after we read this second one, bring it back up. Romans 8 and 35. And uh, we're going to go from there. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 35 is where he starts this thought, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Another verse of scripture is Ephesians 
chapter 2 and verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sin hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you're saved. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 4 and 5 of Ephesians, he's given you a picture in 4. God's rich in mercy and with a great love. He loved us, verse 5, even when we were lost. And then he goes on into principalities and spiritual warfare. But I, I want to preach today just from a very, very simple, simple thought. A love that can't be separated. A love that can't be separated. If you would, just lift your hands and let's ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, thank you for your people. Thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would let that word go forth, strengthen, encourage, transform, God. There's no other reason we're here than for transformation. God, I'm asking you through the power of the Holy Ghost that there be transformation in the heart and in the mind and in the spirit today that we would leave victorious as your creation. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Brother Ron, go back to uh, that original verse I gave you in Romans 8 and 35. Uh, you know, God, he, he's so beyond our, our understanding in how and why he does things. He... He does things that is beyond our comprehension. But these writers, in especially this one in the book of Romans, Paul writes another place. He says, For scarcely for a righteous man will die, yet for your venture, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than we're justified by his blood. But he's saying that he commended something towards us. You know, these, these verses that we have read here this morning are, are verses that are very familiar to our hearing. And you, you can't go very far uh, probably today. I don't know if it is today, but I know back in the day, it was a bumper sticker that you'd see all the time, God is love. And, and that's great, and, and, and people talk about the love of God, and, and what does it really mean? But for you and I to really sound the depth of that, you've got to look at this story that Paul was writing to the Roman church at this particular point. Paul and the church was facing unprecedented persecution. They were faced with, and if you knew or you know the rest of history from this day forward on, this is maybe 55 or 60 uh, A.D., and, and not long after this, Nero is going to take over, and uh, the city and, and people, the, the Christians, are going to be persecuted so heavily. And you've got this beginning church that is trying to find its way. It's trying to set 
its course. It's trying to lay foundation of what it was going to build upon. You know, that's, that's nothing uncommon to even our personal lives. You and I have got to start somewhere. We've got to start somewhere in our families. We've got to start somewhere in our walk with God. We've got to start somewhere in moving forward in life. You can't just kind of sit back and say, well, life just going to take its course. But there requires something of me moving forward. This is the early church. It's moving forward. It's got a, a brand new message that's come to it. Uh, the book of Acts depicts this message. Repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And, and you, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So they've got this message now. And they're trying to break away from Judaism and the law. And the church is in such a transition. And to make matters worse, you've got a government and a group of people that's outside of this trying to come against them and persecute them and tell them, stop doing what you're doing. See, we say that living for God is hard. It's nothing new under the sun. Living for God and the challenges of living for God have always been around. They were there for the early church. They were there in the beginning. Even Adam and Eve had the perfect world. They had a garden. They walked with him. They talked with him. He came down and there was such a personal connection. And mad Adam just messed it all up. The struggle to walk with him is nothing new. It's nothing that, 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 that mankind has not already seen. But Paul says it in verse 5. He said, there is a love that God gives you and I. That he commended the word commended means to unite, to bind, toward means to specifically point and to say, I'm coming after you regardless of what you are and what you've done. I'm driven, God, if we could ever get a picture of God being driven by one fuel in his tank, if you'd let me use the metaphor, love for you and I. That's it. The thing about God is he's not even, he wants a return on it. But even when you don't return the investment, he's still going to commend love towards you and I. He's not going to stop. He doesn't back off. He's not like man that he would quit. That's why David said it like this when he began to number Israel. God said, you messed up, David, you sinned. He said, you got a choice, this, this, and this. And David's response was, I'd rather fall into the hands of a merciful and loving God than I fall into the hands of man. Because David knew man is merciless. Man can be mean and cruel. Man can persecute and cause you and I great distress and hardship on the heart. But there's one thing about God. I'd rather fall into the hands of a merciful God and a loving God because his love will never stop. His love will never quit. His love will never fall short. I can be all the way on the other side of the earth and his love can go and reach me there. He said, I'm commending it. I'm trying to unite something that I lost in creation. I lost it. I, you say, well, what do you mean God's God and Preacher speaks so 
A lot of these terms that we use are metaphors. You can't see God. You see the works of God. But to see God, God is not. He came in the form of flesh, but that flesh is gone now. And God lost humanity. Here's how this was birthed, Brother Fontenot. I looked at God and I said, Lord, I said, I've lost some things. I've, led, I've lost some things, God, that are so dear to me. They meant the world to me. I've lost them. And I named one or two. I said, I've lost them. And as I sat there, Brother Roger, and I began to tell God what I lost. It's just as clear as I've ever heard God speak back. He said, I've lost something too. I said, what, Lord? What? He said, yeah. He said, I lost you. Humanity. I lost my pride and joy. I said, but God, you, this is how me and God talk, Brother Roger. I know everybody talks in King James Version, but I, I ain't that smart. I said, God, you ain't lost nothing. You're God. He said, here's the difference. He said, I lost something too. But when I lost it, I kept reaching for what I lost. When you lost something, you withdrew yourself from me. I said, God, what? What? I said, I've never withdrew. Yeah, you did. You withdrew yourself from me because you see, let me show you a picture, Scott. He said, your love and my love is different. Your love is contingent on what I do for you. My love is not contingent on nothing you do for me. In other words, you don't have to get better. Yeah, you need to get better. But not to receive his love, Brother Fontenot. He's going to love me when I act the most stupidest I've ever acted. And the most foolish I've ever acted. And said what I should have never said. His love is commended toward me. It's going to keep fighting for me when I can't even fight for myself, Brother Roger. When I don't have barely breath in my body, that love is going to keep fighting for me. When I feel persecuted on all sides and I feel betrayed on all sides and I feel alone on all sides, the love of God says I'll never leave you nor will I ever forsake you you people may walk out on you people may disappoint you but God will never leave you yeah. and I said God I didn't realize you see because we do a subtle withdrawal we do subtle withdrawal Me and you, Bubba. I knew who y'all were kidding. Glad to have my brother. I'm the better half. And I got the mic, so you can't correct it. <laughs> I love my brother. 
you see, we do a subtle withdrawal. We kind of slowly begin to pull back. See, and in that moment, Steve, I don't even realize it, but my love for him is not a pure love. So then, watch, here's my point to all this. That's the only negative statement I'm going to make. So then my love now when I get in a crisis and I get in a problem and I get in a situation that I don't understand and it feels like the walls are falling in and people are against me and things are against me and my health's against me and my mind's against me and everything's against me. I go to God to try to connect but because I've withdrawn and defined love by what God does for me or don't do for me. I, in essence, have defined his love towards me. So now I go to him, Jacob, and I'm in such need, and I'm needing that presence of God to wrap me up. And he's there all along trying to do so. But because I don't have a revelation of the love of God for me. If I don't have a revelation of how much he loves That does not mean God condones our sin. But in his in the midst of my sin, that love is still standing there reaching, saying, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to drop you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to leave you to the wolves and just let them devour you. But I'm going to come to you in the midst of this problematic See, that's why I read Romans 5, 7, 8, and 9. Because he says, while you were still a sinner, the mercy and the, the great love of God reached for you. While you were still in sin. What he said was this, let me give you a picture in chapter 5. My love was still there. Even though I lost you. Even though I didn't have what I wanted. I wanted you, but I still loved you. I wanted relationship with you, but I still loved you. I wanted you to wake up in the morning and say, I love you, Jesus, but you didn't. And I still loved you. See, that's a love that's beyond human comprehension. He loves us when we don't give him nothing but breath out of our body. He's loves you and I and nothing can separate his love to you and I nothing can separate it he said when you were lost my great love I wonder if this wasn't Paul's revelation this is why Paul could preach so long I'm not going to be long today so don't be nervous I know people don't like long-windedness. Paul was just so excited about the things of God and the love of God towards him. And he wanted to share it with everybody. Plus the persecution that they were undergoing. Paul writes in Romans, Who shall separate us from the love of God? 
of Christ. Here's what he's saying. Here's Christ. And part of him is his love that you can't comprehend, Sister Becky. But it never stops. And that love begins to reach for you. And here, the world is trying to pull you away and separate you. And the love of God's over here going, saying, "Uh uh-uh, don't you go nowhere. And even if you walk out of that door today, the love of God's going to follow you all the way home. It's going to follow you back to the house of God. It's going to follow you tomorrow to the job site. It's going to follow you to your family local whatever you and I do for Father's Day that love is going to follow you there why because the love of Christ nothing is going to separate you and I from what he gives you while we were yet sinners Christ died for us next verse uh-uh, go to eight go, go, go to my, my main one shall separate us shall tribulation shall distress shall persecution shall famine we ain't never seen tribulation but you see hold on I'm fixing to define why this early church was talking why they were going through this the next verse is going to do it don't go there but the next verse is going to define it see they never seen tribulation They've never seen the church under such duress that they were despairing for even their life. We're not there. We're not to the point where we're despairing for life and looking for. The only time we call on God is when we're in the hospital. Our our family's messed up. Are we in? That's not tribulation. Some of it's some of the things we've created of our own devices, but some of it's not. Some of it's just the hour we live in that's pressing against people that are trying to live right. They they were facing a more tribulation than we've ever seen. Distress, persecution. They were on the verge of losing everything. They had already lost so much. Nakedness, peril, sword. Afraid of the, shall any of these things, and notice he said, who, not thing. Because the last time I checked, I ain't never seen a squirrel carrying a sword. I ain't never seen a rabbit chasing me in my house out of fear. The only one, according to my understanding of the homo sapien, uh, what you and I be, is to be able to pick up a sword. Humanity, who shall separate me from the love of Christ? When they start wheeling that sword and persecution comes, And they take away your covering. I could go real deep right here real quick. When you lose your covering, that man of God that would protect you, and he's gone. Spiritual implication of it. You're now naked, vulnerable. Who shall separate 
us from the love of Christ. Peril. You know what Paul was trying to tell them? I've been in a shipwreck. Peril. Lost in the deep sea. Four shipwrecks. Lost. Or three. The last one that was recorded in Acts, the ship broke to pieces. And Paul kept telling them, the only way you're going to make it to shore is you better stay on the boat and trust what I'm trying to tell you for the salvation of you in this boat. And they said, nah, I'd rather trust the scientific measures and human reasoning. Well, we'll see how that got you, boys. The boat went under. And the Bible says that some of them only made it by hanging on to a board. Here's what I saw in that, Brother Darrell. That old Paul was telling them in Romans, listen, boys, listen to me. I've been in the perils of the deep, and it looked like that next little swell that was about to come over was going to take me, and I was sucking salt water, and I didn't know if I was going to make it out of my situation and my storm that I was in. But something kind of picked me up on the back of my ragtag clothes. It was the love of God, and his love said, uh-uh, Paul, you you've returned back to me some things I'm going to show you what true love is I'm going to help you get back on your feet again I'm going to let you preach the word of God again I'm going to let you do something because man is not subject I know they made the decision and made the boat sink but you hear me you're my man and I'm going to get you to the shore Because my love has got a hold of you. That storm ain't taking you under. That valley ain't taking you under. I'm telling somebody right now in the Holy Ghost, you may be facing the darkest moment of your life. You need to hear me. The love of God's going to come in like a sweet wave, and it's just going to pick you up. You may be facing stuff in your health, in your mind, in your body, in your family, in your human emotion, in human relations. But I'm going to tell you the same thing Paul told Rome. Who shall Don't let the who separate you from the love of God. His love is greater. His love is more powerful. His love is sweeter. And if you and I can trust the love of God, you're going to make it to shore. Next verse. As it is written. I love them as it is written, Brother Sean. Because when man... I said I wouldn't say nothing negative, but I'm going to say it this one because it's not really negative. But I'm going to just say, when man says something contradictory to me and what the Word of God is, I don't have to get in an arguing match. I can just say, as it's written. As it's written. As it's written. You know, what is, what, you know what's written? Let me tell you what's written. For God hath commended his love toward you and I. There's a union that I got with him and his love that man can't ever take it away. Man can't take your joy. Man and the world can't take your hope. Man and this world can't take away anything unless you forfeit it over to him. And even when you forfeit it over on your worst day and you're sitting down in the middle of ashes and a burnt down dream, burnt down hope, burnt down things that you want from God God's love still comes in the moment and shows you and I you really ain't lost what you think you've lost my love is greater than anything you've lost 
said, as it's written. As it's written. The word of God stands above everything. It stands above the United States of America. It stands above the UN. It stands above this globe. It stands above every ambassador, every politician, every saint of God, every church. It stands above it. The word of God is supreme in all things. Why? Because out of that word flows the love of God. That's why you and I can't ever tear down the word of God. Don't ever walk away and say, I I just don't need the word of God. Because in that word is the love of God that's going to heal and repair the heart and the mind. thy sake we're killed all the day long as sheep to the slaughter you say man that don't mean nothing it means a whole lot because what he just quoted was Psalms 44 and 22 and sister April what David was saying in Psalms 44 22 Hear me, this is, the, this is the next biggest point of the message. And really, musicians, y'all really, sister, I'm being honest. I'm, I'm going to close him. I'm going to give him a little bit and I'm, I'm done. He was quoting David. And here's what David was saying in that moment, Brother Bushnell. David had not sinned. That was not a prayer of sin. That was not a prayer that David prayed in Psalms 44 of I messed up and I sinned and failed God and I'm getting what I deserve, Sister Leah. That's not what Psalms 44, 22 was. Nope. And was it because they had a bad day and they cussed everybody out? It wasn't Psalms 44. It wasn't, Psalm, it wasn't the day that they just didn't feel their spiritual self and had an attitude. It wasn't that. For thy sake. Here's what he said. Because I've stood when everything said quit. Because I've held on when everything. That's why I love that song y'all sang today. I'm not turning back. If more of us had a more of a non-turn back attitude, more would make it into heaven. He said, for thy sake, we are killed. Why didn't I? That's Psalms. That's David's story. That's a message. Come on another Sunday. I'll preach it to you from David's perspective. But now go back to Rome. Why did Paul use such a strong word? Because Paul was saying, no matter how many times I try to do right, I get persecuted for it. I'm not advocating some victim mentality. Oh, woe is me. I'm just sad sack Nelly. I'm just not because things are just not. No, no, no. That's not what I'm advocating today. What I'm advocating today is when you live for him with all your heart. And for his sake, persecution comes. Peril comes. Tribulation comes. Distress comes. All of these things come. Paul interjected this here because he's trying to get that early church in Rome to understand things are not always going to go perfect and well. But you need to remember who 
shall separate us from the love of God. It don't matter what the who is and what the who is doing. If you feel like you're about to lose your mind and everything around you is dying, your marriage is dying, your family is dying, your home is dying, you need to remember there's only one who, and it's Jesus Christ. And if you get him in the picture, anything is possible because his love is committed toward you oh glory to God this thing's getting pretty rough and they're killing us for your sake I'm not again advocating victim mentality I did right and I got burnt. No, 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 no. You need to say I did right and they tried to burn me. But the love of God picked me up. I did right and it tried to go south and get all messed up. But the love of God sweeped in and picked me up. I did right and it got misunderstood. But the love of God picked me up and said I'm going to help you. I'm going to rebuild you. I'm going to Come on folks, why are we living for God? We need to have a transformation by the power of God and an encounter with him. That's why we come to church. Next verse, Brother Ron. Nay, in all these things, we are more than a conqueror. More, more, more. Lord gave me this little clue on that verse right there, Brother Roger. If the who is persecuting the more, or persecuting, or I feel killed, whatever, that early church. The more. I just need a little bit more of him. If I can get a more of him, then everything else is going to work itself out. Paul said, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Next verse. For I am persuaded. Somebody just needs to be persuaded today. The love of God ain't never going to let you go. It ain't never going to let you float down the river by yourself. But the love of God's going to come to you. It's going to rebuild you. It's going to repair you. It's going to restore you. It's going to help you. He said, I'm persuaded neither death nor life, angels or principalities, powers nor things present or things to come. Micah, he's saying, today I'm persuaded. Now, I ain't going to reach back into the yesterday because yesterday I wasn't too persuaded. But his love picked me up yesterday and brought me to today. I get another shot. Does anybody want another shot at just the love of God coming to you and I? I'm persuaded. Neither things present nor things to come. Next verse. Nor height nor death nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus nothing can separate I don't care where you go even he said death so when you lose your lost loved one love is going to come when life comes you're going to feel the love of God 
principalities and you're facing all kind of spiritual warfare, love's coming. Your present day, love's coming. Tomorrow, love's going to be there. I just got to be persuaded that nothing's going to separate me from the love that he's given. Lift your hands all across this building. If you need the love of God to come where you are, here's the thing that activates it. You lifting your voice and saying, God, I need it today. God's no respecter of persons. He said, I'll supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Come on, step out of that pew. And visitors, I invite you to come. But as a church family, we always close our services by coming to an altar. And that there is a moment of meeting between us and God. That's what an altar represents. This isn't Pentecostal tradition. This is us just wanting to meet God. This altar place represents a step of faith saying, God, I need something from you. If you need something from God today, come on, come, 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 come. Come on, and lift your voice and lift your hands today. Let the voice of God speak to your heart. Come on, the love of God's in this place. I feel it moving like a river just trying to comfort some wayward heart. Come on, you can't be no worse than Paul. Paul was a murderer, and God still reached for him. No matter what you've done and said, the love of God will reach you. You've just got to let it affect you and impact you. family to be a part of that. Do you? One more time, just lift your hands right now. And if you desire an understanding of the love of God for you, ask Him now. God, show me how your love works in my life. Show me how in turn my love toward you. God, help me to develop. Help me to understand. Receive whatever it is I'm needing. I need it in me. 